Welcome to Stork Storytime Talks with the North Liberty Library. Are you expecting or thinking of starting a family? If so, this podcast is for you. Delivering literacy one topic at a time. This episode is sponsored by Mercy Iowa City. We invite you to like and subscribe to our Talks podcast wherever you listen. I'm Jen. We survived the polar vortex last year, and this winter, the Farmer's Almanac is predicting a polar coaster, a bitter cold winter with extreme up and down temperatures. Here in Iowa, our first snowfall was on Halloween, so winter has definitely arrived early. Not only does winter bring colder temps, but we also begin to hear sniffles, sneezes, and a chews everywhere we go. I'm not a doctor, and fortunately, I don't have to play one today because our guest is Dr. Lisa Johnson from the North Liberty Family Health Center. Welcome, Dr. Johnson. Thank you very much for having me. Would you please tell us about yourself and your job? Sure. Well, I am a family practice physician in North Liberty at North Liberty Family Health Center, and I've been in practice there for the last 15 years. So my job entails taking care of newborn babies up to elderly individuals for their primary care needs. So I do a lot of chronic illnesses. I do a lot of well baby checks, well child checks. And of course, I do some acute illness, colds, flus, sore throats, strep throat, those kinds of illnesses as well. Well, we're glad to have you with us today. And we're going to talk about how to avoid getting sick during the winter, what to do if you as an expecting mom or your newborn or toddler does get sick, not only with the cold, but even more importantly, during this time of season um, is with the flu. And so can you share with us what some preventative tips expecting moms can take to avoid getting not only common um, flu colds, but the flu as well? Sure. Well, the first and foremost um, thing that you can do to stay healthy this flu season is to get the flu shot. Uh, And expectant moms especially should get the flu shot. They are considered to be high risk and it is they will protect themselves as well as their baby by getting that flu shot. And they can do it during any trimester. Infants as early as six months and older can get the flu shot and should as well because they too are considered to be high risk. Um, Other things that you can do to help stay well involve just simple hygiene, right? Washing your hands, using um, good judgment about, you know, cleaning surfaces if somebody in your house has been sick. You know, staying home if you're sick, not having friends and family come visit you if they're sick, trying to, you know, set some boundaries with people who come and see your child or, or newborn. You know, people should always ask before they hold a newborn baby or, or a little one. You know, it's, it's during flu season. We don't want babies to be passed around you know, the church circle uh, from family member to family member. We don't want people to be kissing, you know, and potentially exposing newborn babies. Part of that has to do with the fact that you can spread the flu virus 24 hours before you even start to feel sick. Oh, okay. That's, and that's hard then because... Right, you don't know. And everybody wants to hold the new baby. Right, we all do. But that um, is, I think, also comforting for expect, expecting parents to be prepared for that. Right. And then as a new parent as well, being confident in your ability to say, you know, right. not just handing the child over because 
people want to touch your belly when you're pregnant. Right. They want to, you know, hold and cuddle your baby after they've arrived. Right. And it's for their well-being. Exactly. Washing hands is definitely a huge part of staying healthy as well. Trying not to touch your face, trying not to touch your nose is also helpful. So what are some signs to look for if uh, your newborn is getting the cold and then if they're also maybe getting the flu? Sure. So we can kind of talk about what the difference is between a cold and flu first, and then we can kind of, you know, talk about what special things we need to think about with, uh, with little ones especially. So, you know, people sometimes interchange a cold for a flu, and both of them can make you feel sick and, you know, run down. But the flu is a, a much more significant illness. It is, can be associated with some serious complications, um, the risks of getting a pneumonia, getting dehydrated, ending up hospitalized. There's serious complications that can happen after flu, especially in higher risk uh, individuals that include like uh, inflammation around the heart. You can have inflammation around the brain, kidney failure, respiratory failure, and then aggravation of chronic illnesses like asthma, uh, heart disease are also worrisome. And that's why we care so much about the flu. Those serious complications are much less likely to happen with a cold. And so again, the flu is something we really need to focus on. With a cold versus a flu, one of the things that we notice uh, right away is that with a cold, you sort of the day before, a couple of days, you feel maybe a little run down, your throat's a little scratchy. The flu comes on very abruptly. Usually within a 24-hour period, you go from feeling just fine to feeling very sick. So just the, um, the way that the illness starts is a good indicator on whether it's the flu or whether it could be a cold, okay? Um, the flu and cold both affect the upper respiratory system. So a lot of people think that the flu is the stomach virus mm -hmm. the associated with, you know, nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. Right. And that, you know, there can occasionally be some GI symptoms with flu, but most of the symptoms are really related to the upper respiratory system. So cough, congestion. But the big thing that the flu has that the cold doesn't is what we call systemic symptoms. So people with the flu feel terrible. They are achy. They have chills. They have fevers. Their body hurts. They feel really run down and fatigued. With a cold, those systemic symptoms are much less likely. So it's unlikely to have a high fever with a regular cold. It's unlikely to have just those body aches and chills. Okay. So, and unfortunately, small children aren't able to share right. with their caregivers right. what and, they're going through. And so, with little ones, especially, you know, anytime a newborn under the age of three months has a fever, that that is something that needs to be evaluated. Okay. Okay. And so, that would be something you'd want to look for. Newborns also, you would want to um, look at how they're breathing. Um, they're, you want to look at their chests and are they working hard to breathe? There's something called retractions that are what you know we call medical professionals look at when they're using more muscles than they should to breathe. Um, parents will notice this, that they just look like they're breathing funny. Uh, they may okay. not know that the term for it, but they know that the child is breathing harder and having to work harder for it. Those are worrisome signs. 
How long will the cold and how long does the flu typically last? Yeah, so the acute symptoms of the flu, uh, the fevers generally last three to four days. The, the symptoms of influenza acutely last for a good week, maybe 10 days, and then people get better. Colds, on the other hand, um, can last anywhere from, you know, 14 to 18 days. Oh, <laughs> it seems like colds seem to drag on forever. They do. They do. And it's hard to be patient to work your way through that kind of viral illness. And there's not prescriptions for that as far, you know, every, right. we're talking about the antibiotic use and overuse. Right, and right. right. So there aren't, antibiotics wouldn't be appropriate for either influenza or a common cold. There are some antivirals that can be given for influenza if, the, if it's caught early or if you fall into that high-risk category. It's, that becomes a, a discussion you definitely want to have with your uh, healthcare provider. Uh, antivirals aren't necessarily needed for everybody who gets the flu, but for some high-risk individuals, including pregnant women and young children, that's something to be considered. What should caregivers do to help their little ones feel better? Right. I know. And this is always the hard part because (laughs) they, you know, when, when you have the flu, you feel terrible. Um, And when you are watching your little one, um, you do, you feel sort of helpless sometimes as a parent uh, because they just, they feel rotten. Um, You know, using medications, uh, like Tylenol can really give a lot of relief for those systemic symptoms that we were talking about. The headache, the achiness, the the just feeling rotten part. Tylenol actually provides good relief of those symptoms. It also brings fevers down, which just makes you feel better. Mm -hmm. So um, ibuprofen can be used as well. Um, if your child's over six months and you should always check with the, you know, check on dosing and dose it per weight. And that's something that either your healthcare provider or the pharmacist can help you with. Other than that, it's a lot of just, um, you know, trying to make them feel better as far as keeping them well hydrated, you know, keeping them comfortable, um, cold medications, are not indicated in kids under six at all and oh, really okay. haven't been shown to even be that benefit to, to provide benefit in kids under 12. Oh. So we do a lot. And sometimes as a parent, we feel mm-hmm. like if we're doing something, it feels good that we're trying to make them feel better. But, right. but really using over-the-counter cold preparations aren't all that helpful. Um, if your child is over one, you can use honey sometimes to help with a cough. It cannot be used at all in infants under the age of one. I remember that when my kiddos were here. Yeah. There was all, you know, things you're just like, oh, no, definitely not. And right, right. The yeah. other thing that you really want to think about, and, and sometimes as you have older kids, you kind of start to treat them like adults. Uh, mm-hmm. You should never give a child under the age of 18 any product that contains aspirin if they have a fever. There's a an illness called Rye syndrome that was much more prevalent when aspirin was um, being used in kids. Uh, now we know 
little kids shouldn't take it, but I think sometimes you forget that mm-hmm. adolescents and teenagers uh, should not be taking aspirin if they are, have a fever. And it's in medicines like Pepto-Bismol, things you oh. wouldn't necessarily think about will contain aspirin. So good advice is, is to rest, make sure fluids right. um, help them how you can, extra sure. attention, make sure you check with your healthcare yeah. provider or pharmacist if you do have questions on what you can give them. Right. You can also use some nasal saline, which you can okay. get at the pharmacy. You can put a few drops of that into uh, their nasal passages, and then you can bulb suction if they're, if they're young. Um, you want to not avoid over-suctioning because then you can cause a little trauma and, and actually some swelling of the nose. So gentle oh, okay. suctioning, um, and that kind of helps thin out the, the mucus and helps them just clear their nose a bit for, for a short period of time. Uh, older kids can actually use the, the nasal saline kind of mists and try to even do some saline irrigation kinds of things, and that can be beneficial as well. And like um, holding them in like bathrooms, if the steam helps, not with the flu. Right, right. For some illnesses, especially like croup, which is an illness that we see this time of year as well, that's uh, similar to a cold, but in in young infants can cause um, uh, swelling in the epiglottis that can cause this really tight, barky, uh, characteristic cough and uh, hot, steamy shower uh, or going out actually in the cold can help with with that kind of cough. And that if you hear that cough, uh, which you can go online and, and get examples of, mm-hmm. the that would be something you would want to consider taking your um, child to a doctor um, or other healthcare provider mm-hmm. for. And the um, old wives' tale of, of going outside, like in winter, if you have wet hair and stuff, that isn't. That, no, no. <laughs> Um, it yeah. makes you uncomfortable, but not <laughs> won't give you a cold or the flu. Do you have any advice um, for new parents um, or expecting um, families as well to to stay healthy, like diet or just? There's a lot to do over this upcoming holiday season, and everybody's busy. Right. Do you have some just kind of best tips or practices? To- sure. I mean, I think that um, you know, in general. Just taking good care of yourself, um, making sure you get adequate rest, making sure that you're staying hydrated and eating well, all of those things that just generally make you healthy are very important. But but again, kind of going back to the, the first part, the getting a flu shot is is really crucial. And I think that it's important to understand that um, if you're if you're expecting you as the expectant mother needs to get it, but anyone who's going to be around a new baby needs to have their flu shot. Infants can't get their first flu shot until six months, and so they need to be protected by having those around them having the protection for the flu. That's a really good point. And I've recently started hearing, I don't know if it's on commercials or where, but the flu shot not only is for you, but it's also for those around you. It's for your loved ones. It's for your elderly grandparents right. that their immune systems. It, it makes a huge difference. And and I always try to sort of jokingly, but but mm-hmm. the point is is very serious. When I talk to, to patients, I talk to them about the fact that, you know, personally, if I were to miss a week of work, I would inconvenience a lot of people. I don't want to be sick. Mm-hmm. So from a personal state, I don't, you know, I get the flu shot to protect myself. But the more of us that in a healthy, you know, the more of us that are healthy, 
who get the flu shot, the less flu there is in the community. And what is always, you know, very scary is that the flu shot works the least well in those who need it the most, people who are immunocompromised, people who are very young, whose immune systems are still sort of revving up. Um, You know, they don't mount the same immune response to the flu shot that we do uh, when we have a nice, healthy immune system. So by, you know, those of us that are healthy getting the flu shot, we really reduce the the rates of influenza in our community and really promote just a healthier community overall. And um, for listeners that have older kiddos that are in school, what do you recommend, um, like when they can get back to school if if they're sick? What what are your guidelines? That's always hard. Um, You know, you should, if your child has a fever, you definitely need to keep them home for at least 24 hours after they are fever-free without the use of Tylenol or ibuprofen. Um, And, you know, fevers typically are lower in the morning. And so sometimes Mm -hmm. a child will have had a fever overnight and then wake up in the morning, early morning, and their fever is gone, and then it reoccurs at night. So you really have to just be patient through that process and and wait until they're they're fever-free. You know, if your child is just coughing and coughing and coughing um, and, and can't kind of keep their you know, germs to themselves, <laughs> mm-hmm. then, you know, you should consider whether it makes sense to be sending them to school. Good advice. And we mentioned the, we've been talking about the flu shot quite a bit. Um, uh, people can come to the North Liberty Family Health Center to right. receive one. Do they need an appointment? How does we that work? We always have ask that people call ahead. Um, and if they're patients of ours, we want them to, you know, definitely get their flu shot. We, um, it is definitely something in future years. It's already later in the season right now, but you can get your flu shot as early as August sometimes. And, oh. and sometimes people think that flu shots, you don't want to get it too early or it'll wear out. Mm-hmm. And that's really not the case. Um, and okay. so getting your flu shot as soon as you can get it uh, makes sense. And now, I mean, there's lots of places to get it. I think the other thing that um, people need to know is that sometimes people say, oh, well, I can get the flu from the flu shot. And that's just not true. Um, All of the different types of flu shots available, um, all of them have either inactivated flu virus or a what we call a live attenuated, which means that the, the virus is not not able to cause the disease but you can sometimes feel a little achy afterwards. And that's just your immune system mounting that response. So um, you definitely should get it. There's only a few pe- you know, sets of people who can't get the flu shot. And, and if you had a serious allergic reaction to a flu shot, then you shouldn't. Some people with egg allergies think that they can't, but often they can. And it's something they need to talk with their healthcare provider about. What services are available at the North Liberty Family Health Center? Sure. So we're a a full-spectrum primary care family practice clinic. Uh, There are five of us there. We've been in the community 32 years Mm -hmm. and uh, so have a lot of longevity in in North Liberty and really enjoy taking care of uh, families um, from, you know, brand new babies all the way up to uh, grandmas and grandpas. And so, you know, we, we provide good uh, quality primary care. And so we do a lot of um, 
preventative health care and anticipatory kinds of um, guidance. So at the well child's uh, physicals, those kinds of things. And then we do chronic um, chronic health problems. So we treat asthma, we treat ADHD, we treat you know, mild to moderate anxiety and depression. We treat okay. high blood pressure, diabetes, kind of the kind of the gamut. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Much needed service here in North yes. Liberty. Before we end, would you mind sharing a favorite story time memory or book with us? Sure, sure. I um, loved to read as a kid, and, and um, reading to my two boys was always one of my favorite activities when they were littler. I really enjoyed um, the book, and, and especially the illustrations in the book, A Bad Case of the Stripes by David Shannon. That's a wonderful book. Yeah. We have it here at the library, so feel free to come check that out. Well, thanks so much, Dr. Johnson, for sharing some helpful hints about what to do if you're expecting or have a newborn and are not feeling well, or you've, you've got a cold or sniffle or, or come down with the flu during the winter season. Thank you for having, us, having me. This is the Stork Storytime Talks podcast from the North Liberty Library. And today we talked with our friend from the North Liberty Family Health Center. Visit their website at www.nlfhc.com. Thanks again to our sponsor, Mercy, Iowa City.